The following podcast is a Next Level production. I've been told over and over that time heals all wounds. But there's one man on Snowpiercer who will never let mine close. What the hell was that? Some kind of prank? It's a trap. Wounds faster. They rot. But they don't go away. Maybe it's just me. I pick, unable to let wounds heal. It's in my nature to provoke. Pantlers, welcome to the show. I'm Steve. And I'm Daphne. And this is going to be a spoilerful podcast about Snowpiercer Season 3, Episode 6, entitled Born to Bleed. Daphne, why don't you give us our synopsis? So, our synopsis for this episode is, as the bomber is revealed, Leighton comes to terms with his past decisions before making an irreversible call. Yep. Yeah. I feel like... We need a moment of silence, maybe. I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, there's just a lot in this episode. I mean, I've got feelings about some of the stuff in this episode, and they're in my points, yeah. so. And I've got, there's stuff like in my points that when we get into it are spread out over several points, but are the same character. Mm-hmm. Because I think there were there were beats. Yeah. That we kind of want to hit until we get to the end, at least at least for me, that's kind of what I'm thinking is is how we'll do it. So, uh, but before we get get into our top five, what were your initial was your initial reaction? I think after I got after I watched it through the first time, I thought, "Wow, they went there. They actually mm-hmm. did it. They continue in this show to basically show us that no one is ever safe except for maybe Leighton." And in this case, I feel like we've lost so many from the tale that we had grown to love. And Pike is a character that I don't always agree with, but Stephen Ogg brought so much to this show. And I'm really yes. curious what a Pike-less Snowpiercer is going to be like, because he was really, you know, he was a villain, but he was not a villain. He was kind. Well, and we'll get into that because I've got, there's stuff in my points that's mixed throughout my, my points. Like I said, about specifically about Pike that I said, like, like there's in this episode, what I caught the second time is there's beats mm-hmm. for, for Pike. And so I, I have him spread out through my, my kind of my discussion points because there was something going on there that I didn't really hit until the second time around. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited for us to talk about it. When we when we get there, but it's probably going to be later. All right. in the in the in the episode. But I'm 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 with you. Uh, it's a, another one. Uh, I think you talked about it last week, directed by Leslie Hope. Yes. Who I went back and I think she directed two in the first season. Yes. Also, so and uh, so she's a fine director, doing really really well. So and I before we get too far, I did notice on the second watch that I think it was the, in the opening monologue that Pike says the title. Yes. Of the episode. He or did. Somewhere in there, he says, born to bleed. Did so you do a mic drop? 
I got my mic drop moment. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're always so, looking. I know you're always looking for those. So I try. I miss it sometimes. There's there's been plenty of times that I've missed it, but uh, I try to uh, try to to get it when it uh, when it comes. All right. With that, we will go into our top five. Yo, good to see your faces. Wish it was under better circumstances. Thank you guys for coming, really. Me. You should be celebrating your daughter's birth, not caring for your life. Well, you're carrying, good. Yeah. You? Yeah, Wilfred's got a uh, sword collection. Most handy. Yeah. What do we know? It was a trap. Till's got some leads, that's all for now. No, we'll keep y'all locked in here for now. Z, I'm gonna stay by this door, take Astrid, grab your crossbow, set up the border. Yeah, let's go. Nobody gets down here until we know what's going on, I'm sure. Daphne, why don't you kick us off? Okay, well, I feel like we're gonna be pushing some of our Pike stuff to the end of the episode. So I'm going to bring up something that we can celebrate from this episode, and that is Miles! Yes, I had him in my notes in, uh, <laughs> somewhere in here. Let me find him. Uh, yes, yeah, so excited to see Miles. Yeah, I like that he had that interaction with Josie at, at what looked like lunch. And he, you know, he's concerned about finding out who who attacked Layton. And Josie reminds him, you know, we're tailies. You mess with one of us, you mess with it all with us all. And we kind of knew who it was. And I kept thinking, but what do you do when it's a Tailey that's doing this? Mm-hmm. But getting to see Miles, I mean, he's grown a lot since the last time that we saw him, which seems like forever ago, but it is the same actor. It is. Okay. I, I didn't get a chance to double check. I was pretty, it looked like the same actor, just grown up. Like like you said, it's been, I mean, he's probably, because they filmed, right? They, they filmed season one and two back to back. Yes. And it's been probably at least a year of them filming season three. And in that year, it was this was a lost situation because he he went from being little kid to a man. <laughs> like like they I think the actor Jalen Fletcher is 14. Mm-hmm. So he's okay. right in the age range where you're gonna get that growth spurt and grow up basically. And it was just exciting because, you know, you and I have talked about where's Miles, is Miles okay with all of this. I thought Miles, the character, was very philosophical and very, you know, questioning. I feel like we got to see how much he's grown up because he's asking the questions after Josie says, you know, we're tailies. He actually says to her, do you think any of us are still tailies? Because a lot has happened since we saw them originally in those first few episodes of season one. Miles has been away. The tale has, the tailies have undergone a lot of change. They're mm-hmm. not only focused, they don't have to stay in the tale. They work throughout the train. The world of Leighton and what he has brought to the tailies, he's opened up their world so much. But on the, flip side they've lost a lot too to get to that independence 
Well, yeah, they're, they've integrated mm-hmm. into the, the train. You know, d- during that six months when Wilford was in charge, he basically got rid of – and this flows right into my first one. Okay. Uh, which, is, which is kind of the class system and the lack of that. But it, it, was, it was interesting that – is that what you – I'm sorry. Is that all you had for your first one? Yeah. Well, pretty much except that um, – I had one more thing. Uh, Josie yeah. also says that they are tailies as long as they remember their culture, the way they learn to live together, and how we live out here. Like how it's how we're going to live out there once they get to New Eden. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and like I said, that kind of flows right into what I had for my first point, which was kind of it's it's kind of a mishmash kind of thing because you know when they first come in and tell and wake Pike up, he. He's having that nightmare of seeing Strong Boy and seeing Ruth, and then they they wake him up. And at first, it he kind of thinks they figured out that it's him, but then he realizes, oh no, they think it's Wilford, and they want me to help be like security, mm-hmm. you know. And so through this whole, because Leighton looks at him, and goes, "Good, you're carrying," because he sees his knife, and he's like, "Because I'm gonna I'm gonna need you." And, and Leighton, but it very quickly kind of descends. Because Pike starts to talk about that there's there's really no class divides anymore. Whether that class divide still exists, he he makes that uh, comment about, well, how did you get the name for your child? And he says, well, it was from the naming tree. And Pike goes, well, that's a third class thing. That's not a Taily thing. So uh, one of the things that I picked up on is for Pike, at least, he is firmly a Taily. Mm-hmm. He is not going to take integration. And really, that's what unfortunately when we get to the end and we'll talk more about that, that's probably, there was no other way for this to end. Cause I, I hate to say it like that, but Pike was not going to be fully integrated into right. the, the rest of the, the train. And, you know, it's, you mentioned miles talking about whether they really is our tailies anymore. And so it was really, really kind of cool that once they did figure it out, it descended very quickly and, and Pike gets away. And then we get this, which we'll talk more about it at the end because we get more traditions. We talked about traditions last week. We find out there's this Taley tradition of when there's a disagreement, the two parties get together and they have this way of solving it. And we'll talk more about that when we get uh, get further down the road. But that, that first beat for me of of Pike is at first he thinks... He's part of the security. He thinks he's okay. And then once they figure out that he was the bomber and he escapes, now he's working on a plan to like, what do I do now? Now that I've, I've been found out, what am I going to do? You know, Ruth comes looking for him. And when he, when she finally finds him, they have a discussion. And again, we'll probably talk some more about that as we move on. But that, 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 that first beat for me, like I said, I, I'm looking at Pike in in the way of, of beats in this episode, and that first beat for Pike was, I'm basically I'm still a Taley. Why am I the only Taley really left? Mm-hmm. And then he escapes. All right. Well, I think that's pretty strong. That's kind of setting us up for what we're going to be seeing throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. my next point is our good friend Roche. Who, I guess, the only thing you need to be a shrink on Snowpiercer 
is a collection of self-help books and the biggest collection of self-help books, according to Roche. Because Ruth goes to see him right away and, and says, you know, we really need you. There's a threat on Leighton's life. Can't you just tell him what what he want, you know, what he wants to hear so that you can get out. And the interesting thing is, before we know that she, Ruth has gone to talk to Roche, we see the psych doc, which is what I called him at first, and she's talking to him and he says, I'm just not sure he's ready for the big reset to really build the foundation of healing. And I thought maybe Ruth was, I don't know, for some reason, I didn't realize it was Roche at first. I thought it was Wilford. So I was mm-hmm. really... I was the same way. Yeah. I was really surprised when she goes to see him and it's Roche. And we can see that he's in a terrible state. He's in a world of hurt. He knows that his daughter needs him, but he feels like she's better off without him. All he's focused on is dreaming about sticking needles in Wilfred's eyes and choking him and slitting his throat after everything that he did to his family he's really frustrated that Wilford is still alive. He's kind of a shell of that man that we knew we got to know who used to be at the highest level of professionalism and so well put together. We didn't, you know, get to see that. And Roche is coming up with these excuses about why he shouldn't go back out and why he needs to stay where he is. And Ruth says to him, well, then you know what? The longer you feel this way, the longer he wins. She's trying to help him snap out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I loved I loved this because, I, and Roche was my next point, but really, Roche as my next point really leads more into Alex and the Alex and Carly yes. interaction, which I thought was just amazing. Seeing these two who, you know, we saw in the last season where LJ kind of tried to bond with Alex a little bit, but I think, you know, I think LJ might be a little bit older. Just a little bit, yeah. So it just doesn't really click, you know, but here we have a character who apparently they were, you know, either schoolmates or they definitely knew each other or at least they knew of each other. Maybe they didn't know exactly mm-hmm. each other because obviously, obviously Carly was on Snowpiercer and Alex was on Big Alice for the, the eight years of traveling, but prior to that, they must have known each other, you know, because that very first line they have together is, you know, if we weren't, if we weren't on the train, we would be graduating high school or something like that. Right, right now, this would be our graduation time. I thought it was more general about we'd be having graduation and we'd have a gap year. So I'm not sure that they did know each other. I mean, okay. possibly they least- could have, but they were in that we get the picture that they're in the same age range right they're they're peers mm-hmm. they're peers and so i love when she says she wants to go see roche and and they're like well no he's he's refused visitors and alex like alex just knows and this is this is this is the effect wilford has had on alex because she walks into that mental health car and she sees that guy and she knows exactly how to manipulate him and extort him and when she gets done, you know, she asks him, she goes, you're second class, right? 
I think I can, you know, because he's he's like, well, engineers don't have anything to do with me. I don't I don't have to worry about you. And she's like, well, really, you should worry about me because you're second class and I can figure out how to, you know, shut down your plumbing. Or she says something about, you know, do you have boots? Something like that. Yeah. And uh, and Carly says you're a beast. Which I I love that line. I loved that line. Yeah. Carly says you're a beast. and, And Alex says, well, it was my first extortion. But so we're seeing that that definitely Alex has that root of she knows how to uh, how to manipulate a situation. But then when we see Carly and Roche reunited and the one thing that stood out to me is it was such a tender moment, but it starts with her basically telling him you should have killed Wolf. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad because you tried to kill him. I'm mad because you failed, mm-hmm. you know, and that. And Carly and Alex have that discussion where Carly tells Alex, you know, I, I'm mad at my dad. The same thing. I'm mad at my dad for not killing Wilford. And Alex, mm-hmm. you know, very calmly just states to her that his plan was too complicated. Suspension fluid is too unpredictable. When she tried to take him out, she used something very simple which was a razor blade to his carotid artery. That was kind of their bonding communication when they first started talking. Yes, it's definitely was. And then I loved that we see that, that after there, so the last shot we get is of Roche and Carly in the cell until the end of the Mm -hmm. episode, when we have till coming to the car and we see Ruth, Carly, and Roche sitting there at the table having a drink because they know what's going on in the tale. They know that this taily ritual is, is going on. It, yeah. yeah. And Till just joins them. And it was so cool to see Roche. I don't I think we've rarely seen him in just civi- in just civilian clothes. Yeah. I, like I you know. Yeah. So that was that was really great. I love that last shot of them, the four of them there, and it kind of shows us where it goes back to that original season one kind of where the separation started, mm-hmm. right? Because you had Roche, Till, and Ruth, and them over here, and Leighton over on the other side. Yes. And Leighton becomes the detective, you know, and, and starts to integrate. So, uh, again, we're seeing these class lines kind of shifting, people trying to integrate, but now we might be seeing some of that start to splinter Again, so it's it's really, really, it was a cool shot to see the four of them together. I really like that, that too, because it reminded me back to season one. And there were things about season one that were really critical to how things have gone throughout the whole series. And I agree with you. I was kind of nostalgic when I saw them all together. I really want to build off this because my next point is about Roche talking with Carly and explaining what the problem is, because I didn't realize that he had an issue with anger. And he, bas- you know, she's pleading with him to tell the shrink what he needs to hear because she needs her father back. Mm-hmm. And he explains to her that his wife, Anna, used to be like a diffuser. Like when he gets angry, he would just look at her. She would kept. She would keep him in check. She was able to help him learn to cope. He's not sure how to do that without her there. And Carly offers to be the one to help him. 
because she needs him back in her life. And I feel like she got through to him because obviously later we see them, you know, together in the car with Till and Ruth. But he didn't want to count on her because he's like, you're an adult. You're going to have your own life. She really needs him. And I think she was angry with him before he tried to kill Wilford. They were not getting along very well because I think they were adapting to their new world and they hadn't really communicated what losing her Anna did to their family. It was a huge loss for them in a, in a whole list of losses because the, they, you know, Carly's lost siblings, Rosha's lost children. There's a lot that they've been through. And I think they needed this moment in the private area to just talk about everything that was happening. And at the end of that scene, Roche says to her, I'm sorry. And I I felt that and I thought, okay, maybe we're not going to see the same Roche that we saw before, but maybe he's going to evolve into the person he needs to be in order to move forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting next week to see if we have Brakeman Roach return or if we have a different, some other form of of Roach. Because that's one of, it, I had it down in my notes, is all the new Brakeman that prior to this episode, we knew they had to be there, but we didn't really see them. No, we didn't. Until this, until this episode. And so it was kind of interesting seeing all those new, like I said, those new Brakeman that they're trying to train and get ready to... Uh, uh, yeah, to serve the train. Yeah. Um, my next one is is really pretty quick because it's it, it's a quick beat. Again, I, I'm I'm back to Pike for a minute. After he realizes they figured out they they find uh they figured out that he's the one because uh, Layton's on the phone right with uh who was he talking to on the Till. phone? Oh, Till. He's talking. Yeah, and Till is kind of telling him about the bomb and about some of the things that who, who it had to be. And she says it has to be a Taylor. It had to be someone who was on the Taylor war council. Yes. And Layton realizes that he and, and Pike are the only ones left from that war council. And so he realizes that Pike was the bomber. Mm -hmm. And so, and he says something like, he's right here. And Pike hears that. And then we have this scene of Pike holding the baby. And the the tension there was like, I was like, what is he going to do? Because I can't, I can't believe Pike would kill a baby. No matter at any point how villainous or evil he might have been, I can't believe he would kill a baby, right? But all he does is basically is he throws the baby at Zara and then and then runs off and when he gets to the other guards it was a funny line where he he runs past and they're like hey where are you going he's like oh I gotta go get diapers they left in such a hurry they didn't bring diapers and I'm like what (laughs) you know and so we have this chase of Leighton chasing him through the cars they finally have this this uh, uh, this fight where he knocks Leighton down and obviously Nate Leighton has been concussed you know so he's even at more risk of, of getting injured in mm-hmm. this fight. So he knocks Leighton down and he, and he takes off. And I, I just, it's one of those things that I really liked. Again, we see them searching Pike's quarters and they find the pages from lights, you know, cookbook uh, till is questioned. Yeah, till is questioned. 
yeah, her cookbook. And, and, and she's like, there's pages missing and they find them in Pike's quarters. And so it's just, it's just really, really cool. Uh, that whole thing. And then, and I'll get to my next beat, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, I lost track in my notes. So, um, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Lights really lights his notes, uh, finding lights his notes in, I, I may leave it in cause it's not bad. Um, lights his notes in, in Pike's bunk. That's really where kind of things kind of, uh, wrap up and, and we get the truth of knowing that, that Pike for sure is the bomber. Like there's no, like we have all the proof we need. And even when people started to question him, Leighton and Tiller both sitting there going, no, we got the proof. We found the evidence. We found the stuff. We know, you know, we found, we know there's more bomb making stuff out there, but now we have his, his pages. So hopefully that is all resolved. Yeah. I was pretty sure it was Pike from the last episode. Pike is my number one point, so I don't want to go through t- too deep into this because there are some no. things that I definitely want to bring up. But I did okay. love to add on to what you just said. I loved the interaction between Lights and Till when they were talking about the cookbook because Till was able to, you know, she's kind of comical, like guessing not your mother's casseroles in the cookbook because Lights explains, yeah. you know, Till tells Lights it was a fertilizer bomb, which Lights says, okay, that was like in the third year three rebellion. And she was the one who built the bombs that at that time, but she didn't make those. But she does have her little cookbook that has recipes for bombs, spring-loaded weapons, and the formula for fertilizer, which is what Pike used. And then you mentioned that they they actually found the pages in Pike's bunk. Oh, before I forget, the last thing I had for that point, though, was, and we also discover in this whole beat with Pike, we also just, Leighton, for the first time, discovers the intimate relationship that Ruth and Pike had. Whether they were intimate the full six months, he really gets the idea and he realizes that, oh, you guys have bonded way deeper than Ruth and I ever could have bonded. Mm -hmm. And that's why, well, we'll get to it when we get to the end. We talked more about And, that. you know, Ruth says, six months together in a foxhole fighting your war. We formed a bond. I won't apologize it for it either. And she does fight for Pike, even though I think she wants to believe the best in him, which is something I've said before on the podcast. But in this case, there, the something that she didn't want to admit... He, that he could do is something that he did. So my next point, let's talk a little bit about Audrey going to visit Wilford. And I feel like I learned a lot in this episode about what drives Audrey, something I didn't realize it. I feel like she's been on her own little evolution. She goes and makes a deal with LJ and Oh my God, I thought we were not going to get to see those, that eye again. I did not want to I, see it. Oh. I have this in my notes. I have this in my notes that LJ is still cray cray. Yes. <laughs> and every every time we start to think that LJ might be not as crazy, we're reminded about how crazy she is. <laughs> all she wanted was that eye. And Audrey was able to find it. And all she wanted, 
All Audrey wanted was to go see Wilfred, and during all this commotion due to the attempted uh, murder of Leighton, gives her this great opportunity to LJ for LJ to set this up so that Audrey can go and see Wilford. But what she sees when she gets there is not the man that we all know. <laughs> it's a very different Wilford. And he said, I think he summed it up well when he said suspension, it was hell, an endless death dream. But I feel like Audrey mm -hmm. got really, you know, power hungry in this episode because Wilfred starts talking about, you know, we can have a life together in the warm climate. Maybe the ideas are good. He's starting to believe that, okay, this could happen and we could have the life because he, I thought he was power hungry and that's why he wanted her. Like he wanted to have control over her, but it seems like he's accepting what could happen and that they could have this life. And Audrey, ugh, she, I think one of her final statements, I fought for you. I clawed and spit and suffered for six months in this cage. And I never wavered, not once for you, for us. But I think about that and it's like, yes, you did. And you could still have him. He's talking about this future. She doesn't seem to want anything to do with it. She wants to be the queen of Snowpiercer. And I never yeah. thought that of her this whole series until this madness. I never would have expected this turn for Wilford's character. And I, I, because he's broken. When she walks in there, this is the first time she's seen, like you said, she's power hungry. But it's his power that she's hungry for. Yes. To be to be in his in his shadow, in yes. his wake. Yes. You know, and she discovers a broken man. Yes. And she and she can't handle it. And so I I don't know because that that was a very I think part of what happened with Wilford, and we'll see if he's able to bounce back from this or not. But I wonder if part of the mental aspect for him, for the, the, his character anyway, is that he realized that he was, I mean, he only had one dose of that suspension drug and was in it for what, maybe a couple of days or so. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if in the back of his mind, he's like, I had people in drawers for months, yeah, weeks, months, years in this death dream. And he's broken, and I, uh, I, unless it's all an act, which I don't think it is. Yeah, I don't think he's it is broken. either. And s because he could have let his guard down with Audrey, and he didn't. And she was expecting him to snap out of it and be the Wilford that she knows. That's not yeah. what. That's not what was happening. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting if we. If we have any kind of, because remember, we had that conversation between Till and Audrey in the last episode about how Audrey was a healer and how she could bring people back. And I wonder if there's going to be some kind of a, maybe she's going to try to get him into one of those night car kind of situations where she can maybe bring him back and bring back the old Wilford, I, I guess we'll see. That's just my... And the question is, Steve, that I have for you. Do you want the old Wilford back? 
Oh no, I don't. I, well, story wise, it. I don't. I, <laughs> let me let me put it this way. Uh, I think it would be it would be interesting to see if he's able to come back. Mm-hmm. But I also like. I would also like to see how this Wilford goes because we haven't seen Leighton interact with this broken. No, yet. we haven't. You know, so I think. I, I think either way the story goes, it's going to be interesting. And I trust these storytellers to whichever way they decide to take it, mm-hmm. that it's it's going to be amazing. Yeah. They've done a really good job so far, even if I'm still mourning the loss of characters that we've lost this season. And it, it's been rough. They continue, like I said earlier, they just continue to remind you that no one is safe. And over and over and over, we're, it's like they're beating us in the head with it. No one's safe. Yeah. Just when you think they are. Yeah. Nope. 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 Exactly. <laughs> so my my next one is is a character that we haven't talked about yet that we didn't have in the last episode. And we got her back in this episode. And that's Asha. We discover that Asha has found Pike's hidey hole where all the fertilizer is, where all his bomb making stuff has been stashed and she's been living there. Mm -hmm. And that's where Pike goes to try to hide out and he finds her there. And then she slips because she makes that statement about, I was in a hole for eight years. And suddenly Pike realizes it's, he's got, I've got my proof. That this is all a lie because mm-hmm. he figures out you've been in, you can't handle being around people because you've been in isolation. You haven't been to New Eden. And even though she tries to walk it back, she really did. I, 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 I kind of felt for her trying to walk that lie back going, well, no, 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 I, I was, I was in the hole and then, and then I went to New Eden and he's like, nah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> not, not one bit. And so it was really interesting to see this turn for Pike, because when he realizes that Leighton, he, I mean, he believed it was a lie, mm-hmm. but now he has the truth. He Now he has the proof that it's a lie. And he also finds out that Ruth may or may not have known about it as well. And that hurts him. And didn't tell no, him. No, and didn't tell him. Didn't right. trust him enough and to tell him. Even though everyone keeps saying, Pike, we trust you. You're one of us. We're... He's not on the inner circle. He's just yeah. not. And I think Pike is a person who was never going to survive in a new world. And I've thought about that no. throughout this episode. I don't know. I mean, Leighton keeps asking him, what do you want to be? What do you want to do? Like, this is the opportunity to reinvent yourself, become someone new. And Pike never could answer the question. And I think here's the thing yeah. that I here's the thing that, that I figured out in this conversation he's having with Asha and afterward, I realized that Pike was trying. We've said throughout this this season, you and I have talked about Pike. We've talked about him being a criminal. We've talked about him being a bad person. We've talked about him being mean. But what I what I realized on this second watch was Pike was trying. Pike really believed. He was on the right side, that he was on for Mm -hmm. once in his life. I'm finally a good guy. I'm finally on the good guy's side. Yes. And, and I think he died a little. Yeah. When he realized that the good guys are doing bad things. Yes. 
And he's, and I think that's where his break came from when once in this episode, at least when he realized that Leighton in his mind, Leighton has to go, but the lie has to be revealed. Mm -hmm. And because, so like I said, he truly believed he was becoming a good guy. At least that's. I think he was trying. I think Pike always tried. I think his opportunity to prove himself in the absence of Leighton gave him a lot of confidence. Ruth became confident in him. She saw the good in him. But I think in the end, Pike always goes back to his life before in the tale, before things got integrated and knows all that they've lost. And I think he can't leave that space no matter how hard he tries. And he even says to her, each of us still living stands on a mountain of dead. It's something that Leighton conveniently forgets. Well, he doesn't forget it. I mean, we learn that a bit later. He definitely doesn't forget it. It's something that's still in his mind. Yes. Yeah, I think that's totally true. And uh, so let's get into it. Let's. Uh, I feel like we have to. Your top. It's about I it's Pike. I feel like we have to. We have to do it. Um, I think, you know, it starts. Doc Pelton tries to. She really tries to get Lane to understand the seriousness of a concussion because it is. And he's really snarky with the, well, you know, I'm not going to sleep, drive, or look at bright screens. Well, I think getting hit in the head once was bad enough. When he was chasing Pike and he hits his head again, I think that kind of pushed things over the, the edge with that. But I do think, you know... Leighton wanted to be surrounded by the people he could trust. So he brought people there that he could trust. He brought Z. He brought Pike. You know, he trusted Pike to protect his family. Pike didn't even want to hold the baby. He did not want to hold Liana. And he was angry that Leighton didn't name the baby after the nearest city because that's a taily thing. Mm-hmm. And then he's upset because Leighton, you know, Leighton's like, you know, give me the baby, give me Liana. Pike gets very upset thinking, you tell me that I, you trust me, but then you think I would hurt your child? And then we learn, well, I mean, we didn't learn. We knew. Pike knows the train better than anyone. The Taylors know the train better than anyone because they're the ones that are sneaking around in every nook and cranny. Until even asked Leighton at one point, why would Pike try to kill you? And Leighton is very honest. I don't know. We were enemies before we were friends. I made some calls he didn't like, and that's true. But the Taylors do give Leighton a hard time because they don't want to believe that Pike would do this. Because he's a Taylor, and there is this... As you said earlier, this tradition, this focus, once a tailey, it all goes back to what Josie said, you know? You hurt one of us, you hurt us all when it comes to the tailies. Once a tailey, always a tailey. And Pike, one of the, when I was watching this, one of the things that I, one note I took for this is, you know, it seems like Pike's longing for 
the old days when they were fighting Wilfred for the people. You know, Ruth and he were trapped. She tries to explain that to him. But I think Pike liked the idea of being a clear good and evil. Wilfred was evil and they were good, which goes back to some what you said earlier. You know, and she she still doesn't want to believe it. But then Josie and Miles come with a potential solution, which is let's do this old, yeah. old Ivan's way. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Ivan's way. Thank you. Ugh. I couldn't remember what, what they, what they, what they called it. And so that's yes. what they called it. Old Ivan's way. Old okay. Ivan's way. And he was a leader of the Tailies in season one. He was not in a ton of episodes. He's someone who actually, I think he was only in one episode. He was someone who I think worked with Mama Grande like they were close. You know, he he was brought, they brought him up past the night Catatuna Piano. That was one thing that he did in season one. He, they gave him on his birthday an hour alone with the only phone in the tail section so he could listen to Rachmaninoff. That was something that they did for his birthday. And that's when he decided to take his own life. He's really, you know, he was the wise one. He was someone who everyone looked up to. And so this was his way. This was what he, you know, he created. This was the Taley way. Yeah, this, the Taley way of this two men, two or two people go into a room, just the two of them, and they have to decide unanimously either we're going to live together or what there was three outcomes, right? There was, they either decide to reconcile their differences and live together, or they don't reconcile their differences and they're just going to, going to forget it all, or they're going to, they're going to fight to the death. Yeah. These are your, your, th- basically your three choices, but you couldn't, but not, but one of them couldn't just call for the knives. They had to unanimously, yes. both of them calling for the knife saying, okay, negotiations are completely out. There's no moving forward. We both decided we want to fight to the death. And, you know, Miles makes that comment about, well, if you just keep him talking, yes, he never can call for the knife. Right. And, and Pike never gets off that. Pike is continually, and, and Leighton is trying everything to the point where he's offering Pike to be the godfather to his, to his daughter. Yes. You know, this, and Pike's just not having any of it. Pike, Pike just keeps. And then finally, when Pike gets to the point where he re, he says, I know the truth mm-hmm. about New Eden. Yeah. Miles, Miles and when they are discussing what they want to do, Miles is the one who says the two people sat together eye to eye. They weren't allowed to leave till it was resolved. Once they come to terms, the whole tale holds them to it. Then Zara adds this little pot and, and she says, they left out the little pot that if the two feuding parties can't come to terms, they fight to the death. Which Till doesn't obviously want the bloodbath, but that's when Miles says, well, as long as Leighton refuses that, they have to keep talking. But as you said, once Leighton knows that Pike knows the truth, he knows that there's nothing he can do or say. And he did. He offered Pike 
a number of things, including making him the godfather of Liana. Mm-hmm. A first class cabin, anything. And that's and that's part of what kind of sets Pike off to the point where when he does reveal that, look, I know. Well, I shouldn't say he knows the truth. He knows that New Eden is a lie. Mm-hmm. That they don't know if it's actually there or not. So he knows that it's a lie. He doesn't know what the truth is, though. And none of us know what the truth is. Hopefully right. the truth is. Melanie's Melanie's sipping a pina colada at uh, New Eden. She'd have to have That's gone my... a long, long way on her own <laughs> to get That's there. That's my dream. <laughs> That's yeah. my dream. But, uh, but yeah, so we get this finally to this point where Leighton goes, okay, fine. We'll call for the knives. And like you said, Till doesn't want it. Till just leaves. Mm -hmm. And they get into their fight. And that fight was brutal. It was so brutal. And I had a feeling how it was going to turn out. And I, it just made Pike walking to the tail and through the tail even more intense and bittersweet. Because I had a feeling what I thought, you know, what I thought would happen. And his last interaction with Ruth... When he gives her the bomb and says, take it, but I don't think you'll want to stick around for the rest. And we learn Ruth couldn't stay because it's a tail thing and only tailies can do it. And yeah, he walks past Winnipeg. He walks past all the people that we've, the, the ones that are left alive that we know are lives. So. Yes. And Josie, I mean, Josie, she kind of was the leader of this ceremony or tribunal or... Yeah, I'm not even sure what to call ritual. it. Ritual. It a it's ritual. a ritual. Yeah. And she says, Tailies know the dark lessons of Snowpiercer better than anyone. We gather like this, not out of bloodlust, but to bottle this violent dispute and bind our brothers in an outcome that we will all accept. The curtains close and the fight happens. And, you know, Pike was right, though, about some of the things that he said. Leighton did use him as an errand boy. He did all the dirty work. Leighton, you know, but Pike also offered to do that to keep Leighton's hands clean. And Leighton is very clear. You know, I will push this down. I am not going to hold this against you. He takes credit for all the Taily deaths. You know, he's talking about it. Strong boy, the last Aussie, all the souls that I sent off to the cold, Mr. Reese, Santiago. That's all on me. But Pike is still, he's just so angry that Leighton has all the power. And I think it goes much deeper than even anything that we've seen. Because I think there were things that we didn't see that happened in that car before Snowpiercer, the TV show started, that we don't know. I mean, the cannibalism maybe is part of it. Mm-hmm. Pike wanted Ruth to be in charge. I think he liked the person he was when he was with her. And I think Absolutely. without her being in charge, he didn't know who he was, even though Leighton, I think he wanted Leighton to accept him. He wanted Leighton to support him. But Leighton kept him at an arm's length, didn't tell him about New Eden being a lot. Like, he's not sharing those things. Mm-hmm. And Pike, ha- I think, has this ridiculous idea that... Leighton won't let him heal from anything. And one of the things that I I thought was really um, poignant was he says, Leighton's moving on from all the wounds he's inflicted, but we're still bleeding, even if the trauma is hidden deep. I think 
for Pike, the trauma isn't hidden deep. He still remembers it every single day, every single thing that Leighton has done. And he can't, you know, he said it best. He picks at it. He picks at wounds. It's his nature to provoke. Yeah. So we get to, finally, we get to the fight where, you know, Leighton or uh, Pike has the, the chessboard and he's hitting Leighton with it in the head. And Leighton finally does what he does. And, you know, we talked, I think it's, it was the first or second episode of this season, right? Where somebody said, or Wilford tells Leighton, if you're going to really be in charge, you're going to have to do some things that you don't like. Mm -hmm. And, and we talked about that when, in the episode, we're like, what are those things going to be? And here it is. He had to kill his, I I don't want to say friend, best friend, but he definitely killed someone who was close who he considered mm-hmm. a brother at this point and and he had to, he had no choice but to kill him so he's starting to do things and then i just knew i was just so scared when they said you have to sit alone with the body mm-hmm. all night and i was like oh this is not going to be good well i and josie too i mean at the end of the ritual i mean layton's washing pike's body and josie is talking about how they lost a member of their family today. And then in old Ivan's way, there's no winner, only the one who's left. And that Leighton has to stay with Pike to guide him through whatever comes next. And then Leighton blacks out, which is not a surprise because he's had head trauma multiple times in the last 24 hours. So of course that's going to happen. He's getting all these flashbacks and flash forwards and all sorts of things. Yes, we get more of that. I, I think I, I didn't write any of that down. I wish I had because I didn't I didn't really pick up on it until the second watch. And uh, all those flashes he had of the the future that he perceives because mm-hmm. we see the tree again. We see all those all those things. So hopefully we're going to get to that uh, when we get to the end of the, the season. Hopefully. I hope so. <laughs> This was a rough, yeah, this was a rough one. I, you know, I think, think. That has covered all of my notes, so. Yeah. It was a rough one, Steve, wasn't it? It was very rough, Daphne. <laughs> uh, are there any other notes that we haven't talked about? Um, I don't think so. I think that this, you know, this is going to be a hard one for them to walk forward from. Pike's been a key character in in this show from the beginning. I mean, there were things that he did back in season one that we don't talk about anymore. But, you know, he Pike wasn't perfect. But losing him is losing a... To me, it's losing a bigger part of this show than maybe the creators want to admit. And I guess we'll see going forward. He was one of those original three that was put in the drawer. The only one left now is Z, because Strong Boy died a couple of episodes ago. I think, yep. yeah, I think we're left with we're going to be moving forward from this somehow. Not sure yet how that's going to happen, but we'll see. Uh, any quotes that we have not covered yet? Um, I only have one and it was from, it was from Leighton and he, 
in his plea to Pike, one of the things he said was, I wanted you to stand up and be better because your heart is good. And I think Leighton, I think Leighton's going to move forward from this knowing that he's partially responsible for Pike doing what he did, but he's also going to at least know that he did everything he could to keep it from happening. At least at the end, there was nothing else that they could have, that he could have done to straighten it out. Because this was something that's been festering since season one. Yeah, this was, this only, this was only going to end with either Pike or Leighton dead. Yes. That was, there was no, I don't think there was any other way that this, that the, the, the way the story was driven, that they could have ended any other way. And because... Like you said, I think Leighton is really the one character that I shouldn't say the one character because he could get killed off, I guess. Uh, but I had a, I had a couple of them that we haven't talked about yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, to lighten up the mood a little bit, all three of them are a little more whimsical. But wonderful, they, they get more we whimsical. need that. They get more. <laughs> they get more. Uh, the first one is from Ruth, and that's when she's talking to Asha, and Asha uh, tells her that Pike was the one that set off the bomb. And uh, Ruth said, "It's complicated. That's Snowpiercer for you." And, uh, <laughs> Uh, then there's another one uh, from this is from Wilford uh, when he's talking to uh, to uh, Audrey and it just brought out the inner twelve year old in me I think when he says maybe there's another way if we did get off together so, yeah of course so uh, and the final <laughs> one is just uh, I I have to say from Till who I just absolutely love Till when L J shows her the eye and Till says you're a freaking weirdo yes she hasn't <laughs> just, changed it's a reminder. Yeah. And I, I think in the off season, Steve, I have decided to go back through the episodes from episode one, like the first two seasons of the show. Because I haven't really done that. I haven't gone back and done a watch, a complete mm-hmm. watch. I haven't either. And I want to do yeah. that because now that we know this outcome for at least where we're at now and all the characters that we've lost this season so far, I want to see what got us to this point. I want to relive some of that. I have a proposal that I haven't, I ha- we haven't talked about yet because we don't have a release date for season four, but we know season four is coming. I want, I want us to do either one or two recap shows. That, w- where that sounds great. Recap episodes where we recap the, these first three seasons before the next, the next season comes out, because I think that would benefit us as well as our, our listeners. So. Yeah, and I, I do think that we should warn the listeners those might be a little longer than our customary one-hour episodes because there'll be a lot to cover in those. And I think this season we've been going a little bit deeper with the episodes and not skimming over some of the things. We're really trying to bring you all the the big points and also some of the other catalysts that lead us to where we're going on this crazy Snowpiercer adventure. So I think those will be a little longer, but I think it also could be really cool. So 
Daphne, I know this last week was crazy for me with the weather that I had in my my place, and I just I don't have any recommendations for podcasts <laughs> or YouTube except for all the normal ones that we we usually put out there that are available. I know Walking Dead cast is back, and and they're just amazing at what they do. But uh, uh, how about you? Any podcast recommendations to plug? Last week, Steve, I did three podcasts. And I did an Instagram live from my other, like, side love project. So, wow. Yeah. So I was really busy last week. I have not listened too much to podcasts at all. I need to get back into it. I listened to it a little bit. You know, I listened to what the only thing I can tell you for sure I'm listening to Walking Dead cast to stay caught up with Walking Dead. And that is about where I'm at. Although I do know that Damien had Jason on to talk about Ferris Bueller's Day Off a week or two ago on Watch It in the 80s. And that is in my queue to listen to because I love that movie. I saw it in the theater twice. And I really want to hear what they have to say about it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, with that, let's go in, go back uh, into our normal boilerplate type stuff. Uh, If you want to kick us off. We can be heard on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player of choice that you use. If ratings are available, give us a rating or review on one or all of those platforms. You can check out our website at uh, panels2pixelspodcast.com. That's panels2pixelspodcast, all spelled out, dot com. To submit your theories and feedback, go to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash panels2pixels, all spelled out. We have a Twitter account, which is at Panels2Pixels. That's at Panels, the number two, and Pixels. You can email us at Panels2Pixels1 at gmail.com. That's Panels2Pixels, the number one, at gmail.com. We are also on YouTube as Panels2Pixels Podcast. You can go on there, uh, subscribe, give us a thumbs up. Uh, Again, Panels2Pixels Podcast. We are on Instagram at Panels to Pixels Podcast, all spelled out. Don't say that too many times fast. Too many P's, you will get, like, tripped up. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. Uh, And, of course, you can check out all the other wonderful podcasts on the Next Level Podcast Network that we highly recommend. Uh, Wilhelm, The Melting Pat, Podcast Zero, and so much more. Uh, Ben has been putting out more and more content with his Wilhelm. He just had a interview with Chad Coleman. Yes. The Walking Dead. That's also on my queue. (laughs) Excited to hear that one. Uh, You can find all those podcasts at nextlevelradioonline.com. Coming up next week, the seventh episode of season three of Snowpiercer, titled Ouroboros. Yes. Isn't that, is that the snake that eats The dragon, itself? yes. Ouroboros. Yep. Thing. Okay. And I'm just, I don't know where we're going. <laughs> I feel, <laughs> I feel like it could go anywhere. At this point, we could go anywhere. We could. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> Uh, so, Daphne, what do you have coming up for Run For Your Lives? Well, last week we visited Perfection and did Tremors 4, which was The Legend Begins. This week we are doing our look back special, which will take a look at all of our episodes from this season. We're going to talk about what our favorite movies, characters, and monsters were from all of those episodes. And then we'll be on a little break. 
while we do some other things and also record some episodes to stockpile for next season. So we've already got some fun things planned. Very, very cool. And of course, Laura and I will be back covering the seventh episode of The Witcher Season 2. The penultimate episode of Season 2 will be out later this week, here, right here on Panels 2 Pixels. Well, with that, I'm Steve. And I'm Daphne. And this was Panels to Pixels, and we will see you on the next panel. Good night. Good night. <laughs>